right, welcome to the Sportsmanship Podcast. Uh, it's presented by Anchor. It is the easiest way to create a podcast. It's episode number 14. We appreciate you being here with us. Welcome to anyone new who's listening to us for the first time. And we are very appreciative of everyone else who listens every single week. And I am Maddie. And let's bring in my co-host for episode number 14. 14 straight weeks. For the pastor of the Church of the Poison Mind, Reverend Smitty, is here today. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, uh, God bless you. Yeah, yeah. God bless you too for yeah. believing that. Yeah, absolutely. Keep keep the faith. Keep the faith. Mass will be uh, actually Mass was earlier today. Actually, as we uh, as we begin episode number fourteen, and we have a special guest this week. Actually, two guests coming up a little bit later on. We'll have Mike Reese. ESPN Patriots reporter. He will spend some time with us. We're really excited about that. We're also very excited about our guest for today. Derek, the degenerate gambler, is with us today. Derek, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here and um, happy to embrace your uh, degenerate moniker today. Particularly on your 14th, I have to say your 14th episode and number 14 being my lucky number, my go-to number on any roulette wheel. I'll explain to you how to Mickey Mouse a 14 anytime you want and make as much money as possible. But it goes all the way back to Jim Rice and uh, oh, sure. a steady devotion to number 14. So Excellent. I'm glad to be here yeah. on your 14th episode. I mean, I've been known to Mickey Mouse, but not a 14. So that'd be, that'd be good. That'd be good to know. So yeah, so we'll talk about a little bit of gambling, a little bit of... Uh, this is our football kickoff, if you will. And we'll have uh, Mike Reese a little bit later on and then some uh, give me that shit fuck out of here. So we're ready... To go, but I will say this: Last week we talked about Dancing with the Stars and the cast, and of course Smitty had to turn him down as the new host. Right. And Tyra Banks is the host, and she made some promises about having all her friends. So just recently, just in time for the episode, perfect timing, we get the cast of season 29. All right, so I'm going to run down some of these uh, people in the cast, and we're going to see exactly who would be a friend. Of Tyra Banks. Okay. okay. Head coach Monica Aldama of the, the Netflix series Cheer. Okay, that that's a no. I'm going to go no. On yeah, I'm going to go no. I don't even know who that is. or I've, I've never, never heard, heard of Cheer before, before in my life. Animal activist Carol Baskin from Carol Tiger Baskin. King. Carol Baskin. Yes. Our good friend Carol, my question to you guys is, will she murder someone from the cast? It's entirely possible. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Because she definitely murdered her husband. She, she did. And it's yeah. only a matter of time. And what I think is going to happen is what ABC is obviously hoping for is that she dances her way to the finale only to have the FBI announce <laughs> that they're reopening the case yeah. the night before it airs. I think, right. she, I think they want her to be wheeled off the stage in handcuffs. Right. I want her to just slam her face I'm, into the I ground and drag her off the stage in handcuffs. Somewhere, George Stephanopoulos is making that happen. Oh, he is so fired up about it. That's just great television. Yeah. Michael Strahan will be involved because he's involved in everything else. Yeah, yeah he is. Uh, Caitlin Bristow is uh, from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So I couldn't tell you which one that no. was. Or another what ABC or... franchise, yeah. obviously. Yeah, so that's, but, that's no. another Tyra Banks, no. Uh, Super Bowl champion Vernon Davis from the San Francisco 49ers, former tight end. I'm sure he doesn't know Tyra Banks at all. TV and film actress Ann Hesch. Actually, Ann, was, was she married to Ellen DeGeneres? Yes. That was Ann Hesch. That is correct. Uh, the, I don't know if they were married, oh, but they... Uh, they uh, yeah, flame. romance. Partners. Yeah, yeah. yeah partners. Yeah. Uh, Disney Channel actress Sky Jackson. Don't know who yeah, that I is. don't know who that is at all. Actress Justina Machado, One Day at a Time. So there's a reboot of One Day at a Time. Yeah, I love the reboots. You do? You, no, do. I, oh, you, 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 know you are a big fan of the reboots. I like the old One Day at a Time. Yeah, with, uh, absolutely. With uh, Valerie Bertinelli. Valerie Bertinelli. One of my fav- yeah. faves ever. Yeah. Schneider. Uh, and yeah. was it Anne Franklin? Anne Franklin. And, and the last girl's dad was in The Mamas and the Papas. Was it Christy, and... Christy McNichol? Christy McNichol. No. Wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Chris, Chris, yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris McNichol. It was something Phillips. It was John. Oh, Phillips. Oh, Phillips. Oh, it was Mackenzie Phillips. Yeah. It was Mackenzie Phillips. Went on, and Mackenzie Phillips' adult claim to fame is that she wrote a book talking about how she supposedly was at a party where she had sex with Mick Jagger or saw Mick Jagger having sex, and her dad was like at the party. So that's how rock stars oh, lived. I see. Oh, I see. In that era, obviously. Okay. But yeah, so she oh. was on that show too. That's so, weird. So Mackenzie Phillips is, has something has something in common with David Bowie. Then. Backstreet Boys singer A.J. McLean. Now, this is where it gets interesting for me because, as you know, A.J. McLean 
has a um, a complicated history here. Um, as you know, <laughs> one, of members, <laughs> one of the members of the Backstreet Boys that you know fought the demon bottle and went into rehab several times and sort of struggled throughout his career to sort of get straight. And perhaps here, this is where Tyra feels as though AJ is just the type of savable soul that you know she, in her new mode of mentor coming off of America's Top Model is thinking that she could maybe help AJ. So Well, um, that's that's great. Well, she's, she's actually... Yeah. She's, okay. she's done exactly what they've asked her to do. Uh, she's just brought in the talent. <laughs> she has, she's it's, bringing it you in. Know, it's all George she's Clooney and, it in. and Leo. Maybe, uh, maybe All the A-list stars. Name, name one other Backstreet Boy right now. Nick Carter. <laughs> okay, you want me to two? Okay. Uh, I don't know who the other one is. Well, okay. Lance Bass. Lance Bass, yeah. Was yes. he a Backstreet Boy? He was. He in was. The, uh, yes. Okay, he is. Yes. Is. We know too many Backstreet Boys. Emmy Award winning host of The Real, Jeannie Mai. Okay. It's not a friend of Tyra Banks. I thought this was supposed to be B list. This is not even this is like, like F list. Yeah, this is way down the list. TV and film actor uh, Jesse Metcalf, who I have no idea. How about this one? Nelly, the rapper. Yeah, they could be friends. They could be friends. They could be friends. TV host Nev Shulman is from Catfish. Mm-hmm. You love some reality, Smitty. I have never you... heard of that show before in my <laughs> Catfish life. Catfish show? No. Oh, wow. That's where they actually chronicle the whole catfish scheme where someone catfishes someone. That's when somebody supposedly makes you think that they're going to go out on a date with you right. and, and right up until the totally moment different. and there's no one right. really there. Right. I know what catfishing is, but I've right. never heard of that show before Right. That, that is a show based on that whole phenomenon is cafe super right charles oakley former nba star they could be friends yeah they she could, could have been but yeah, i think you day. undersell yeah, charles when you just refer to him as a former nba star and not he of recently banned from madison square garden he was banned by owner dolan he was after an from altercation the, from the from the cheap and the, yet uh, being still put seats. right on the air absolutely here, so. he was of course featured on the last dance with uh, michael jordan quite a bit Actress and realtor Chriselle Staus from Selling Sunset, which is a must be a real estate show. And then Olympic figure skater and on air commentator Johnny Weir. So that's your cast. That's the friend. The fashion the is the go. connection between Johnny Weir and Tyra. So I'll go out on a limb. Johnny Weir was in the Olympics, did the commentating for the Olympics with uh, Tyra Lipinski. Right? For the figure okay. skating. Yes. Right. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say he wins the whole damn thing. I I'm, second that. I'm not going to watch a single second of it. But <laughs> right. I, I, right. I'm going to... If, if I was a betting man, Derek, <laughs> I'd put some, I put some yes. money on Johnny yes. Weir. Yes. yes. You know, I, I probably minus say, what? Minus 200? I would say he's at least minus 200 on Johnny Weir just from his athleticism, his choreography, and of course no his style. I think your long shots here, if I'm going to handicap this, I am putting a lot of money on Charles Oakley. I mean, not a lot of money, but just some money on Charles Oakley to deliver a big payout. If Charles Oakley could ever pull this off, that would be a big long shot. That would be a big one. Um, I think a sleeper pick here. I have to go back to the pool of former champion NFL players, and Vernon Davis might yet again demonstrate, like others before him, Jerry Rice and Emmitt Smith. Yeah that uh, an NFL player could deliver here. Yeah, they both won. So, how about this? Odds of who is the first person kicked out. I'm going with Tiger Lady. Baskin's done. Yeah, Baskin's. Episode one. Baskin's has two left feet. See you later. Get out of here. You unless killed somebody. The fuck out. Well, I mean, they, unless they want to keep her for ratings, they may. Yeah, I mean, they, hang they, on they, they probably. You're probably right. So about they, that. there may they're be some right random that. like selling sunset lady or someone who, who nobody watches their show may go first. But I, I think Baskin can't dance. Anymore. I can't see Carol Baskin lasting. As I look at everybody else, you're right. She's done on week one, and I think unless something miraculous happens, Charles Oakley goes out in the first three weeks. Yeah, Charles Oakley is probably too big and bulky and. To really have uh, to really be nimble enough, so I guess there was another uh, another incident with a small child last week. We had the unicorn in the middle uh-huh. of the ocean. This week, a three-year-old in Taiwan was caught on a kite and catapulted into the air like some sort of amusement. I don't really understand <laughs> what's happening with, <laughs> with people. 
So at a Taiwanese kite festival, this little three-year-old girl somehow got tangled up in one of the kites, and they're and then it's whipping her around like she's a you know a teddy bear or something you yeah. know fifty feet up in the air. She yeah. was unharmed, thank right. goodness. Thank goodness. Unbelievable. I'm not sure how this happens. I mean, that's something that could actually be a, a new amusement at that particular park. Maybe you want to just tie yourself to a kite and be thrown around. That might be five tickets, though. It might I would imagine that's there. a long half a minute. Yeah, that is a yeah. long half a minute when you're three. Tell you, but the little girls with the grip strength. Oh, my God. So this girl she hanging on right for on. dear life. She hung right on. No, nah, didn't fall, didn't fall to the ground. And, and the, the little girl last week on the on the unicorn. Yeah, unscathed. Of, yeah, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. So I think that this girl, you should put her in gymnastics. Maybe she can do the balance beam or something. So this this was in the news, and this is really, uh, really earth-shaking, really earth-shattering. Kid Rock married 88-year-old Loretta Lynn. Yeah, uh, recently, saw I saw this. So Loretta Lynn's son, who's 69, Ernest, uh, renewed his vows yeah. with his uh, wife Crystal. And during the, I guess during the events, Loretta Lynn sort of eyes locked with Kid Rock, her friend, and said, "Hey, baby, the preacher's already done. there. The, let's yeah. let's do it. Let's get her done." So Kid Rock, who's 48 years old, marries Loretta Lynn on a whim, 88 years old. And there was some hashtag going on. There was some Loretta hashtags. Lynn actually hashtagged. Cougar. She did? Yeah, Cougar. That's quite, I mean, that, that is quite the Cougar. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not so, not Ooh, so sure if she it's, would. It's a steep drop from Pamela Anderson. It is. Yeah. She's it not, I mean, she's 20 more years of a, ago she's to more Loretta a, Lynn. I mean, even is. if you took Loretta Lynn 20 years ago right. as a lovely, Yes. Lovely, terrific, sixty-eight-year-old uh, woman. Yeah, yeah. I think then you know yeah. she's lovely, and yeah. you know her sister is Crystal Gale, by the way. Oh, I didn't know she that. Of, uh, yes, don't yeah. make your brown eyes blue. Right. Yes, fantastic. And the yeah. epically long, long hair. Right, oh, yeah. right. She right. Did have down to her ass. Um, yeah, so, way down. You know, yeah. so Bob's married well, again, that. and that's good. I hope. Yeah. Um, I hope maybe Loretta can help. Yeah, him. and of course, hey. back then it was Bobby Shazam. Was, Bobby was Shazam. His, so from from here on out, right. Kid Rock on this program yeah. will be Bobby. known as Bobby Shazam. Bobby Shazam. Not, may... not exactly. We're not going to be talking about Kid Rock all the time. No, yeah. <laughs> but we'll have a random update for. Bobby but a random now, update yeah. uh, will be Bobby Shazam yeah. from now on. Like next week, we'll talk about his divorce. Now, exactly. The, the yeah. over under that I would set on when the two would go to sleep on their wedding night, I would likely put that somewhere in because it likely was an early wedding, right? Yeah. When we're talking they got married over brunch, right? And um, I'm going to set so. that line at 7.45 p.m. 7.45 p.m. <laughs> Boy, that's a tough one. How that's about this? One. Over under on how many times Bobby Shazam and Loretta Lynn make whoopee. Consummate yeah. the marriage, I'm going to put will. that at a half a whoopee. Half a whoopee. Mid whoopee at 7.45. We're done. <laughs> Yeah. Somebody's falling asleep during. Yeah. I think the better, the better, um, you know, as we think about what some of the bets are that we would put along the uh, along the side here. You know, what music did they listen to on their first night together? Sure. Um, would be one certainly. And um, what little, did they drink? Yacht rock. Um, what did they drink, if anything? Um, yeah. That would be another question. Yacht yeah. rock would be interesting. Maybe Loretta likes yacht rock. Maybe she does. Yeah. I'm not sure I could name a Loretta Lynn song. Uh, Coal Miner's Daughter? Is that well, the movie? Coal Miner's Miner's Daughter was was written about her. That's about her. Okay, wow. Smitty. Jesus, you're not just a reverend. No. Uh, (laughs) So here's an interesting story. There was a gentleman in Oklahoma who went through a uh, Taco Bell drive-thru naked. And when he did so, the staff really didn't acknowledge him, so he kept trying to order different (laughs) things. He kept coming back. To try... (laughs) Kept coming back kept coming so back. that they would finally acknowledge that his wanker yep. was actually in his burrito. Yeah. So he goes through the drive-thru and orders his tacos and nobody says anything to him. They just give him the tacos and send him on his way. So he goes back through and, and asks for more sauce for his tacos. And then right. he, no one says anything to him again. <laughs> and then he goes back through the line again right. and asks for napkins because apparently he spilled... You know, sauce all over his Johnson. Right. Well, what's interesting here is that it was really a learning experience for him, apparently. Right. He didn't realize that it was illegal to drive naked. He thought, hey, right. I'm in my car. Well, I guess I'm his fine. clothes were in the washer. So yeah. my question to you is sometimes your clothes are in the washer. You really get hungry. 
You do. And you have to go out and you figure, I'm just going to the drive-thru. It's only one person who will see me. Especially if you have an attached garage. Because right. you can go right from your laundry area to the front seat of your car with no pants. And anybody no pants. that sees you is just nothing yeah. more than the cat. So you're li- literally just seen by the person in the drive-thru window. And really, should they be looking? I mean, I mean, really. And half the time, they don't even look. What they ha- don't even listen. What no. happened to you? They don't listen. They don't look at you. Right. So just my, throwing the bag out the window so for crying So my question to you is, this is my question to you both, okay? Your clothes are in the washer. Mm-hmm. You have no clothes at all. You're a bachelor. You have no clothes at all. You get severe hunger pains. Which fast food restaurant is safest to go naked through the drive-thru for you? Oh, safest? Yeah. Just, no one's going to wrap me out if I go to the drive-thru here. I mean, you have to go to one where someone's just not paying attention. Not paying attention. So, I mean, I think you have to go, like, one of the big chains. Like, you got to yeah. go McDonald's. McDonald's. You got to go McDonald's. McDonald's. You got to McDonald's. You got to blend yeah. in. Yeah. yeah you got you to be in. one of, like, ten cars. McDonald's, Burger King, whatever. Something like that. Yeah. You can't go to, you know, drive through Panera or no, something. No, you can't go to, uh, like, yeah. To yeah. Panera. Yeah, you can't yeah. go to Panera. You can't go to Panera. You can't go to Starbucks where it takes <laughs> no. 15 minutes no. to make your friggin' right. cocoa. Gonna or you can't that. go to Dunkin' Donuts at 7.30 in the morning. Sitting behind a car full of, with the wife, with the mother, with the car full of kids ordering 46. 7,000 no. sandwiches no. and box of Hopefully Joe they don't do one of those pay it forward things where they pay yeah. for you. I'm going to pay for the naked yeah. guy behind I'm going to pay for the naked guy behind right. me. Right. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. So that was an interesting story. So he'll do some uh, community service or something. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. He's out there. Hopefully nude he's on the side of Route 1 picking up trash. <laughs> Hopefully he's clothed. Okay, so it's football season. It's football season begins very soon. So we had Derek here. Because we know that he's a degenerate gambler. He loves his gambling and betting, but he's also, you know, pretty good at it. So I just wanted to get some some sort of pointers about it. And uh, one of the things I saw today was Bet Online had a had a line actually on Bill Belichick, Patriots coach, and whether or not he'd be here next year in 2021. And the betting was actually leaning towards him not being here. Really? So it was like six to five yes and two to three no or something like that which I thought was very interesting. I kind of think he'll be here to break Shula's record, but... I would take those odds all I would day take, long. I, would I take think them. he wants to get Shula's record like nothing else, and yeah. he's probably got four more seasons to do it. And um, so it's interesting, though, all the different odds that you can have. I would just qualify quickly that by saying I might be good at it, that really just means that I'm still able to pay my mortgage. Right, and right. So, you do it um, enough to win enough. Definitely, yeah. you know, not. I've had a long storied, perhaps, but unfortunate history in um, in gambling, and um, no, nothing. Well, you told bad. you told us how it but all began. It did. Was... You know, it's it's so it's funny. It's like I, I have these memories of going back to like 1982 and my dad bringing me across the street to watch the Cooney. Holmes championship fight and so these three guys lived across the street right these three bachelors I'm like nine years old and you know it was like Jack Mark and Eddie it was like the original (laughs) sports huddle living across the street from my dad and they were like yeah bring them over sure and it's like 25 guys all smoking butts and drinking butt heavies and I had my my ticket my father paid the 10 bucks for me and I had Holmes in the 12th and uh, he nearly had him knocked out and he staggered to the bell and made it to the 13th, and Cooney's manager throws in the towel, and I lose what would have been an epic nine-year-old beating all these drunk men, and my father's probably happy because he didn't have to, you know, take their money. We talked about We We actually talked about, last week on Facebook Live, we talked about your bet of Demi Lovato. Yeah. And the anthem, when you bet $100 that she would do the anthem in less than two minutes. $100, she hit it in 154. <laughs> she hit it in 154. So that was okay. a good Super Bowl. So the nice thing is, so my so we went to the Super Bowl in Miami. We booked the hotel room like a year before, hoping that, you know, the Patriots would maybe make it back there one last time. And wouldn't you know it, it's the last Super Bowl of like all normal humanity. And thank God we right. went. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was pretty amazing to be down there. And it was a great Super Bowl. I mean, it was, you know, I had the Chiefs in the under, 
you know, hit that for it was, the over under was I think fifty one or something like that, fifty four, wow. and so we nailed that. And on top of that, I come home and find out my numbers are the zeros and the sevens and three, oh. and I get that over two quarters. It was beautiful. The only other time <laughs> I ever won kind of money on Super Bowl like that was when Brady beat the Rams in Super so Bowl thirty six, right? Which actually put a lot of bookies under. Vegas that was, got killed that year. They got killed because the Patriots fans all bet Patriots, and it was such an underdog that they all came through, and especially in the Boston area, they got they got destroyed that year yeah but wow. it's it's interesting now you know you see how online gambling's taken off right um there's i have a story about early on in the days of online gambling and i'm you know 27 years old living in my apartment my buddy's about to come over and pick me up on a saturday morning to go to suffolk downs because that's what we did when we were hung over, I decided to get on sportsbook.com, brand new sportsbook.com with Ethernet cable modems, right? Next thing you know, an hour later at like nine o'clock in the morning, I've lost a thousand bucks. <laughs> A thousand bucks playing wow. virtual poker in the year 2000, and that's like real money to someone who's like only making, I don't know, 20,000 a year at the time or whatever I was making. <laughs> Christ, I was living in a tiny apartment in Southie, and I'm like losing a thousand bucks on a Saturday. And my buddy pulls up and goes, Let's go to the track so we can bet like five dollar trifectas. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm already down a grand, dude. I don't think I can go out for another month. Wow. So, you know, when I have stories, you know, it's they're there. The big thing now is you just gotta show a little discipline when yeah. you're uh, looking at well now when you have a family and yeah and yeah and you got to read a little bit more right usually. so what do you do you bet you're betting through well it, typically it's you know it's it's online it's yeah. um you know it's a lot of the fan duel stuff now but there's you know there's different there's different sites that you can get vegasinsider.com is one that i use quite a bit okay. um where you can get a lot of odds and experts and then you can do you can do picks through some of the some of the big ones so the kentucky derby comes up and uh, i know you're a big horse guy I know you bring your, your son, Drew, to, to the horse. Mm -hmm. He loves it. And uh, so I, I'd like to know if there's any little inside stuff that we can make maybe a bet. Because I know Smitty needs to make some money. So I do. You know, the pastor thing's not making him a ton. It's tax-free, but he's not making yeah, a ton. I mean, I'm not an yeah. ordained minister. No, I'm you're doing, not. doing the best I can. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. If you have any, any thoughts, I think on that. of all the, I usually would would caution anybody to avoid throwing money on the favorite and the Kentucky Derby because it's the first one and it's early right. and the favorite um, usually doesn't do well in the right. Derby. Right. Um, this year, throw that out the window with you know all of the injectable medicines that you could give a horse. Tis the Law is going to run away with this derby. Tis the Law. He's at least a three to five favorite going into it. And, okay. you know, where you're going to make your money on this derby is the long shots. You know, there's a couple that are out there. Honor AP, which is, I think, the son or grandson of AP Indy, which you might remember that horse from the 90s, five to one. Could have no, a no, no, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't. There are these. You remember the names? Like everyone remembers like names like Ali Sheba. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, every now yeah. and then you'll run into these horses where it's like, oh, I remember that name from when I was like twelve. Right. And of sure. course, you know, I watch the Derby every year because yeah, right. I'm a degenerate. So you know, I would go go heavy on on the long shots here and try to you know try to find that right exacta or trifecta where you could take tis the law and put them with you know two other horses that might come in a long shot and give you a pretty good payout oh excellent so so what what is the thing about the 17 post i heard that today on the radio eddie olchek who does nhl right so yeah he's a big horse guy he is and he was talking about how if you're at the 17 that that's a bad bad look and why why is that you know that Derek? i'm not exactly sure i mean unless it's because I mean, I think he was he was bringing uh, he was bringing it up. I think because tis the law drew the seventeen post as the favorite, oh, okay. and certainly you know being that far outside poses some problems. And right. you know you don't know what the weather's going to be, and if it's a sloppy track, right. getting to the rail quick is going to be tougher from the seventeen spot. But Excellent. you know again, tis the law is so much better than every other horse. Okay. I don't think that's going to matter. Okay, NBA trending, real quick before we go to break. NBA trending. Right now in the bubble, the NBA seems to be a little different, or maybe even a lot different, where that the home court advantage really isn't playing into it, so the trends are a little bit off. The Celtics, for instance, two games to none lead on Toronto. They're sort of climbing the ladder, as you said earlier, about their odds to win, getting closer to the Clippers and Lakers. Yep. So what do you usually look at in the NBA when you're doing some NBA games? 
I mean, it's interesting. You right? You talk about the bubble and the fact that home court is non-existent, right? So you saw that in the Philadelphia series with the Celtics when they were down 0-2. At least they could say we're going home and we've right. got the environment. And when you've got a team of role players, right, where you've got Embiid and a whole bunch of guys that are sort of 1As here or 2s or 3s, those guys thrive on the crowd, right? So when there's no crowd and right. there's only manufactured noise, right. that environment is not changing. not changing. And the same, we're seeing the same thing now in mm-hmm. other series. When you right. get up a big lead, the biggest thing that a team has go, what home court is for teams, is the bubble itself. Right. When you get a team down 2-0, that team is starting to think it's time to go home. Right. It's time right. to go home to my family. Yep. So when you get them down 2-0, you got to step on their throats, and they right. have to be thinking that. And so when you look at the West, right, first off, there's no better duo, right, than the Eyebrow and LeBron. Right, right. Okay, and so, and those guys are locked in. Sure. I mean, you hear stars from other teams talking about, oh, well, you know, they had to convince this guy on Portland to stay or whatever right. team. And, sure. You know, those guys are locked in. LeBron right. wants a chip. Right. And, you know, so it's not a surprise that they're, what, they're plus 300 right now. The Clippers right. are plus 230. Yeah. And there's the Celtics. Rising is now the team yeah. in the East at right. plus 500 yeah. to win the championship. And what the Celtics have going for them, if I'm going to look at a team that can make a run in the bubble, is they've got depth. Players that can score, how many guys can put up 20 on that team, Yeah. right? I mean, and this is even after you lose a Gordon Hayward. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do I think the Celtics are going to win the championship? I think they've got a chance to win the East. And if I'm going to put money on them, I'm putting money on them to to certainly win the East. Right. Um, Especially now that Milwaukee looks like they might have their backs against the wall. So from the NBA, I think it is, though, it's either the Clippers or the Lakers and it's everybody else after that. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in 30 seconds with Mike Reese from ESPN, Patriots reporter. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Come right back. We're back, and our special guest uh, this week, we're very appreciative to have Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter. He's been covering the Patriots for many, many years. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Reese, R-E-I-S-S. Uh, it's a great follow. He has great information about the Patriots. Mike, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be with you. Oh, thanks. Um, so we'll get right to it. I, I really, I'm really intrigued by the Cam Newton, you know, signing and, and sort of how this has played out. I really think, as some people might think, that his personality may not be a fit or his skill set may be a little bit different. But I really think it comes down to two things. I want to get your take on it. One is his accuracy and the other being his turnovers. And so do you think that that may be ultimately – what it's all about with them. I think those are two really good points, you know, that will sort of determine how successful he'll be on the field. I almost go from more of a macro picture in that, like, I, I thought it was so fascinating to watch and listen to Cam Newton when he was around that table with Odell Beckham, Todd Gurley, and Victor Cruz. And he told the story about his agent calling him and saying the Patriots are interested in, in you, you know, like, and his, what was his initial reaction? He said, Whoa, I don't know. How, how am I going to mesh with Bill Belichick? You know, that was his first thought, his perception on it. And so when I think about like Cam and his success in new England, I almost like go even bigger picture and say like, it was, it will, it's more tied to like how he would adapt and buy into the way they do things here. And and I have to tell you guys, I, I'm not sure it could have gone any better to this point. You you listen to people in the building and they'll tell you like he's in there like the first player and then like the last player to leave and the way he's tried to connect with teammates and coaches. It's at the point now where I'm almost like, what would it have looked like without him? Like they might've been in trouble. And I think to me, the accuracy and the decision-making all that, like, yeah, they, there's probably going to be some hiccups there, but like, it's clear to me that he gives them the best chance to win. And without him, you know, it might've looked a lot different for them this year. 
based off of the um, giving them the best chance to win, how do you see the AFC East shaking out? And can the Patriots win the uh, AFC East for a 12th consecutive season? Isn't that unbelievable? The, an AFC East title when we were growing up was like, would have been, we would have celebrated that. We would have considered a parade, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and then Absolutely. to think 12th, unbelievable. So here's the way I look at it. I sort of got the the Jets sort of in the four hole, like they're retooling, building a foundation. And then I've got the Dolphins in the three spot in terms of, you know, they got Tua now and and seem like they built the foundation a little bit last year and, and they're 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 on the way, you know, but I don't think they're there yet. And so then I I look at the Bills and the Patriots in sort of like the the one A and the one B spots. And I do think the Patriots are gonna come back a little bit to the pack they just have had quite a few defections and and you know it doesn't look right now to me to be the the strongest team that can always change over the course of the year them getting better like we saw even back in 2001 you know that wasn't the best uh, most talented team but they turned out to play the best team football when it mattered so to me, that will have to be the formula for the Patriots if, if they're going to get where they want to go this year. And, and I think Buffalo is really coming, you know, and Josh Allen would be my question for them, the quarterback. So I sort of flip a coin saying, hey, the Patriots sliding back a little bit, the Bills coming, but with a quarterback question. And so I sort of flip it. And depending on what day the coin comes up heads or tails, I might say Buffalo looks like the team or the Patriots are going to sort of hold their spot. So I, I think it's that close. We're talking with Mike Reese, the ESPN Patriots reporter, and we're happy to have him. With Mike, I guess one of the things that could really help Cam Newton make this transition to the Patriots would be the running back position. It looks to be that there's some focus on maybe having a more profound running game. And there's been some rave reviews about Damian Harris. And if Damian Harris can, can really make a big step from year one to two, what does that mean for Sony Michelle? And what does that mean for the ground game? I think they, they are potentially as deep at running back as any team in the league. You know, if you talk about Damian Harris, their third rounder from last year out of Alabama, Sony, the first rounder from 2018, James White, sort of your super passing back. Rex Burkhead's going to be on the team contributing as sort of that super backup, whether it's as a runner, as a pass catcher. And like we haven't even mentioned Lamar Miller you know, who just came off the physically unable to perform list on Monday and practice for the first time, like he's got a pretty good career resume. And if he shows that he can run the way he's ran, you know, before coming back from a torn ACL, that's five deep, really strong. And so obviously like the offensive line has to stay healthy and, and that'll be a key. I think what you'd be looking at is what the running backs coach Ivan Fear said, sort of like that SEC one-two combination mm-hmm. of Sony and Damian Harris, like as sort of your traditional top running back. And then you'll have James White in the passing situations. You'll sprinkle in a little Rex Burkhead. And, and if Lamar Miller shows he's worthy of getting the ball, like you find a way to get him involved as well. So to me, like for fantasy football owners, because you get that question a lot, like sure. good luck trying to figure out who's going to have the most, <laughs> the most yards, the most catches. But I, I do agree with you. Like, I think when you look at the strengths of the team, running back and, and the running game, if that offensive line stays healthy, with Jakob Johnson probably leading the way at fullback, looks to me to be a, a strong suit of this team. So... How is it to deal with Bill on an everyday basis? Is he easier to deal with in the preseason or the offseason? Or, you know, is he the same same guy all year round? He is the same guy all year round. <laughs> <laughs> he is so consistent, you know, and and in a way you you admire that, right? Like you just he never lets that guard down. And I will tell you, like watching the the practices, like that's probably my I would say one of my favorite parts of covering the team when you get to watch 12 training camp practices from start to finish. So there's like, you're getting the whole shebang. Like you really get to see how he coaches and the foundation and the way he brings his team sort of along from like the starting point to get him ready to play football. And you see that he at 68 years old, 
that he still has the same passion and the same fire and the same interest in doing like the job and the monotonous parts of the job. And like, this is such a big part of his life and who he is. And now he has his two sons there, Steven, the outside linebackers coach, sort of de facto defensive coordinator without the title and Brian Belichick, the safeties coach. So that, I think that's added like a spark to him as well. So, you know, sometimes I would, I would say what we get from a media perspective, I, I feel pretty confident that's not really what it's like on a day-to-day basis behind the scenes. And that's just the way Bill has set it up. And, and you respect that because the results speak for themselves. Mike, I'm really fascinated by Bill Belichick. And I, and I think what I'm most sort of fascinated by is his, his willingness as not being just an old ball coach. He's, he's more of a, he's a very versatile coach. Like he'll play four, three, three, four man zone. He'll, he'll, he'll make changes due to personnel and schedule and opponent strength and all of that. And he doesn't really get stuck in his own way. And I think that maybe some people might have a different perspective, but I I really think that that's his, one of his many strengths as a coach is that he can be versatile. And this year, I think that plays to their advantage more than ever. I, I think that's a great point. And, and we could go back through the 21 years he's been the coach and sort of pick out examples probably from each year. But like one that comes to mind is, you know, like back in the early 2000s when, you know, everyone was running four, three defenses. So he goes three, four, you know, and then all of a sudden further down the road, everyone's going to the three, four. So he's going to the four three, you know, and I know that's just sort of like a very general statement, but he the the whole idea of he zigs when others zag, right? Or or really another great example, their Super Bowl win a couple years ago against the Rams. That approach they took late in that season was really sort of grinded out old school power football. When think about two thousand seven, which was probably the most exciting fun year to watch albeit stressful as a fan because of the whole undefeated thing and they were throwing it all around right with randy moss Wes welker dante stallworth so i do think that's a great point like his he's a blank canvas and it's like this is football like let's see what we have let's see what we do well and let's get after it in that way and so i've learned so much from watching his teams and studying sort of the way he leads the culture you know that he's helped um, establish with the Patriots and the type of players that he brings in you know to sort of amplify that culture and like you like I would agree like I'm fascinated there's so much more to peel back the onion you know and Mm -hmm. learn about and understand about and all that stuff. No question. He does kind of adapt to to his personnel and to, you know, the way things have gone across the league. Like you said, with the with the running game, it seems like defenses had been getting smaller and faster. And and then he changed it up and went to a more old school power running game to 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 kind of take advantage of the fact that the defenses were smaller. The other thing that I, I, I would say to add, like and this is like more bigger like program related like 21 years in the Patriots program you have a set way you want to do things right but the players you were bringing in in 2001 your Richard Seymour's your Matt Lights in 2002 you know like those guys 2003 2004 Vince Wilfork those guys like they learned a certain way now you're bringing in players that you know, maybe they do it differently, you know, because they grew up in a different era. And so it's this open mindedness to say, oh, you know what? I'm not the most technological guy, but this is the way my players learn better on the, you know, the tablets or the surfaces and 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 his willingness at 68 years old to say, like, I got to think of a different way, like that might be out of my comfort zone, but it's the way my players will learn what I'm trying to get them to do better. Like, I think just being open-minded and never being too cemented in your ways is such a big part of this discussion that we're having. At the same time, not sacrificing what would be considered non-negotiable things, you know, like in your program, like always putting the team first, speak for yourself, ignore the noise, like those type of things. 
doesn't matter what year it is. Those are always going to be there because they're sort of foundational type things to him. Mike, there was a new report coming out uh, from actually from Jeff Benedict's book, The uh, Dynasty, which is coming out soon. And he, he sort of mentioned two years ago, Tom Brady's thumb injury, hand injury and the severity of it. And there was a lot of details in that. Going back two years ago, did you really truly understand the severity of it or was it really kept sort of tight to the to the vest there? So I think we knew that was pretty serious at the time and and how fortunate Tom was that it wasn't like knocking him out of right. the game. I, and that's not to contradict anything that um, the, the, this book, The Dynasty, is writing, which I think is all looks accurate and sound and really compelling in a lot of ways. I think when you're in that moment, you're always going to have the player and the team probably downplaying it, right? Because you don't want it to yeah. overshadow the game and and honestly give the other team an advantage. But I would say what, what I remember, and it's sort of, you know, I'd have to probably go back and look at some notes, but I, I just remember hearing the initial panic at the time and someone explaining that when they got to Tom after it happened, like his face being like white, like a ghost, you know, like he was scared at what it was all about. Right. And so I think that that to me is what I I remember most about that time. So we, we are kind of a light hearted show here for the most part. And so my final question is what is your favorite song from all the practice playlists? (laughs) (laughs) I love the practice playlist. You know what I love about it? To be honest with you, and I will answer the question, but I want to, if you don't mind, if I can just um, give you the end around for a second, you know, absolutely. Here's what I, here's what I love. See, I love sports. I particularly love football partial in, 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 in part of the reason why is the way it connects us. doesn't matter who you are. Like if you, you can have a conversation about the Patriots And we're bound by that connection, right? Like, and I just, I love that, whether it's fathers and sons, you know, mothers and daughters, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons, all family members. We can think about moments where the teams we cover, the teams we root for had their greatest successes or their greatest despair. And we were probably with someone or we shared that with someone, right? So I love that. And then I love music. Like I have an interest in music just outside of sports because I think it actually does the same thing. I'll go to concerts and some of my best memories are like with friends at concerts and just having the best time and having an experience or I call it liftoff, you know, where like you just can't get that feeling anywhere else, sort of like sports. So to me, the music and the football it comes together and, you know, for me, it's fun, it's connection. And so I always like to list out the songs that are playing at practice. Because, you know I actually, what? I love that you do that. I do it's, too. Yeah. Right? Because it's sort of different, guys. And it's like, you know, it's like, oh, wow, they like that song? Or like, you know, right. yesterday they were playing Michael Jackson, which brought me back to my youth, you know, sure, which I yeah. thought was fun. But there, there is one song to answer the question, and thanks for letting me babble on. Uh, about sure. it is uh, stir fry i don't know if you even know that song but it's it it just makes me laugh every time it comes on and, uh, so we, Sounds we like it should. yeah you know and it's sort of fun you know i had you peg more of a yacht rock guy anyway so <laughs> that, uh... <laughs> no, there you go great. that's really great mike we really appreciate the time and and uh you, you know great stuff you can follow mike reese at mike reese r-e-i-s-s on Twitter. It's a great follow for Patriots Insight. Mike, thanks so much. And we'll, we'll hook up again later if you don't mind. Sounds great, guys. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Okay, we're back on the Sports and Ship podcast. Many thanks to Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter. It was an excellent segment. Uh, many thanks to Mike. He's one of the better Boston sports journalists, so we're really happy to have him talking Patriots with us. Now it's time for our Give Me That Shit slash Fuck Out of Here. Fuck Out of Here. Absolutely. And uh, Smitty, I'll have you go first. How's that? All right, great. So I'm going to do my give me that shit on Fernando Tatis Jr. And his just blatant disregard for the unwritten rules of baseball, which I absolutely love. So Fernando Tatis, in the last couple of weeks, so August 17th, he had a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch when his team was up by 7. And uh, Texas did not take... Didn't like it. Very kindly to that at all. Yeah. Uh, the very next night, he stole third 
with two outs against a pitcher who threw behind his teammate up six runs. Yep, yep. another one. Another one. And then on August 23rd, he swung on a he swung at a 3-0 pitch up nine runs. Again, <laughs> nice. Nice, nice. <laughs> and then on August 30th, he stretched a single into a double while leading by eight. Yes. So to me, that's just playing hard. It's playing baseball. It and is. And all these unwritten rules and, and all that, I just, I, have, I can't stand it. Right. I, I, I commend his finger in the air, middle finger in the air as, yeah. he's, as he's doing it because he, he sort of owned up or took some responsibility Right, the first time. The first time. The very first time. But then went right after it by, right. by actually passive-aggressively saying, screw you guys. Yeah, the very next night he stole third. And is continuing to do the and same And he's thing. continuing to yeah. do it. So he really, really just doesn't care, which I love. Okay. And like we talked about before, I think baseball needs more personality. Sure. They need more players like him, yeah. uh, more young stars to, to, to market the game around. You know what they don't need? You know what they don't need? They don't need asshole douche managers like Jace Tingler who thinks that they need to go all fucking old school and protect the fucking values of Major League Baseball. Right. Because you somehow are the son of a coach who just happened to fucking play for or in the organization for the Texas Rangers and you thought that fucking homecoming was about you. Right. Well, you know what it is, Jace? It's not about you. (laughs) It's about the fucking megastar that is batting fifth in your lineup. Right. And if that guy misses a sign and Tall Jack's one, it's not a goddamn teachable moment. Right. Okay? The guy fucking hit a grand slam. Shut the fuck up and stop putting him your own in some sort of position right. where now he's got his back against the wall with the media. And yeah. oh, by the way, the rest of your team has their back against the wall having to answer questions about right. it. So good job, Jace Tingler. <laughs> right. I hope every team you ever manage for the rest of your fucking career, you have to deal with players who don't trust you because you didn't have... Tatis's back when it mattered right. most. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 what it that's boils what it down is. to. Is why is he defending the Texas Rangers right. and not his own guy? Not his own guy. Like back your own guy up, you right. asshole. Absolutely. Well, that that turned from a give me that shit to a fuck out of here. <laughs> so that's uh, so that's so, a, a duel. Give me give, a duel. Yeah, give me Tatis yeah. and and Jace right. Tingler, Dirk Diggler can go right. fuck himself. <laughs> Dirk Diggler, <laughs> right? The manager of the of the San Diego Padres, <laughs> Dirk Diggler. <laughs> I have a, a fuck out of here. I went to a wedding a couple weekends ago. And one unwritten rule that I have in weddings <laughs> is I don't love the tradition. It's a terrible one. Of the bride and groom smashing the cake into each other's faces. Yeah, I don't understand I that. I don't like it one bit. And I get that there's been some sort of distorted tradition over the years. But I've been to many weddings. And this is one of the first ones in a long time. Or I saw the smashing because typically mature adults may do the whole I'm gonna I might smash it I might do it and then and then eventually it turns into a nice feeding each other in a nice moment but this was another case of smashing each other in the faces I just think it's immature I don't love it and I would like to see the statistics on the people who end up divorced from it well I actually got some real world analysis here because in addition to being a gambling expert I'm also a marriage expert oh good and, um, great while you know I'm, I'm thrilled to say that I'm happily married to my wife now for 10 years um, this nice. week congratulations um, thank you yeah. um you know, does she think you're a marriage expert? Uh, okay. She does. Okay, okay great. You're the Dr. Drew, but I, 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 I can tell. I can tell you um, multiple multiple weddings that I have participated in as a groom, and um, it multiple is, multiple yes, groom and, as a groom and yeah as a groom. I've been okay. married. I've been married multiple times. Okay. And, okay. Um, so, and, so you okay. are so an expert through and, and trial I, and error. And, 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 and at no time have I ever had cake plunged into my face and and at no time have I ever done it but what I do think is that there is a specially hot place in hell for brides who decide that it's incumbent upon them to protect you know whatever it is they feel to protect and they slam it in their husband's face after he's so gentle and kind and loving and then she feels the need to go do this and I don't understand it Um, it has never happened to me but you know, yeah. I do think that it is a terrible. So you had, so yeah, you I mean, had objects thrown in your face after you got after, okay. and I can so say. Not, so the point being is, is there's really no okay. correlation between okay. divorce and the cake stuffing. Okay, because um, it can happen. Anyway. It can happen to anybody. <laughs> right. 
Okay. So I mean, that's it's. I mean, it's really kind of a dick move, honestly. It is. So he's being all nice, and then she just rams it down his throat. Yeah. I mean, that's not. Cool. I don't. I, I, yeah. I mean, I just. I don't. I'm just not a fan of it. It just. It just rubs me the wrong way, and I try not to be a fuddy duddy about it. But I don't think I am being one. The majority of the weddings I've been to, that hasn't happened. I think we're getting at a, at a good companion quiz here for some of the <laughs> listeners to talk about whether they've ever had cake stuffed in their right. face. Right, I think yeah. we'll do a Facebook it. post. I think we should do yeah, a post on that. Post. I think because you said fuddy-duddy, I think maybe maybe you are one. Maybe, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Using the, the term fuddy-duddy. Prob- probably makes you a right. fuddy-duddy. That's, that's probably does make probably me a fuddy-duddy. Probably true. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. <laughs> It's like the old. I'm not. I'm not trying to offend you, but you're about to offend me. <laughs> right. It's like the right. whole thing. Like you're. Yeah. You're what's just trying thing, to get ahead of it. What's the thing? Uh, what's the thing they say in the south? There's something they say in the south where that's like. <laughs> this is my cousin, my wife. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I can't think of what it is. We but haven't it, lost yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I, I don't. No, I don't no, I'm I sure there's a lot of sayings. Yeah, in the I South. Mean, but I do think you know certainly uh, the South is a great audience for us. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. you guys. I, I mean, we're big. We're big in Texas. There seems to be a big, a big market. We are. Um, we're yeah, big in Texas. Know, certainly. Yeah. And we're actually big now in Nigeria. Nigeria yeah. and Germany. And Germany. Hello. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I honestly I have no. What idea. is hello in uh, Nigeria? I honestly, uh, I honestly, I don't even I, want to no, venture to guess. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm no. not gonna. <laughs> I'm not you gonna would ever like to come back and talk about odds right. on the German Grand Prix? Okay, well, I'm we'll, your we'll, we'll German <laughs> Grand Prix. We'll table that. Oh my God! Oh, that's talk about degenerate. Yeah, that's degenerate. Yeah, that is. Oh God. Well, on that note, yeah. Well, uh, it's been great to have you, Derek, and we would certainly have you again. It was, yeah, we'll it was have to have you fun. when. Uh, you know, maybe Super Bowl time. Yeah, you can Super give us some, Bowl. Uh, let's, let's, give us let's some Super Bowl right picks after it. and yeah. uh, and and yeah. some prop Make bets some and all and yeah. and all that stuff. And we'll yeah. we'll all be millionaires. We'll go over to the to the encore and I would yeah. love you know, to do it. I would love to do it. And Win can, can give us uh, we'll a bunch of podcast from the. Encore. I'll, I'll have you guys all back here to the house yeah. and we'll cook you up a nice meal yeah. with all of the um, cooking supplies that Uncle Steve has given me. Um, <laughs> right. You know everything from right. a crock pot to a toaster oven to bakeware. Uncle Steve is taking care of our kitchen right. very well. Excellent. So from the upper deck of the Lantern Lounge, it's Maddie and Smitty and Derek the Degenerate Gambler, and many thanks to Mike Reese. We will see everybody next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye. Dance with my dogs in the nighttime. Trap with the chickens like Popeye. Money changing colors like Tata. Like a stir fry, whip it in the kitchen wrist, twist it like a stir fry.